0: Podcast 99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quedro Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Quadcast Nation bridges over barriers community. I am extremely excited to talk to the Executive Director of Britannia Woods, Faduma Yusuf, And before that, I just wanted to formally tell you guys about our fun, current fundraiser 5k for 5k and and the main reason i'm talking to faduma today is we want to be able to provide our underserved community our underserved kids with an active summer and so we're actively um started that this fundraiser to be able to provide the, the kids with what they need the camps balls uh, whatever they may need to, to be able to be active because not everybody can afford that $225 camp per week. Right. And, uh, and we, and this, these communities often have been unfortunately the hardest hit when it comes to COVID and COVID response. So this is us trying to do our part. What we ask for people is to do show clips of them doing 5k of any activity, run, bike, unicycle, cartwheel, uh my boys, I think we're gonna be stick handling this weekend for 5k. It's gonna be wicked. And let's not forget PK Suban jersey. We have the auction that we got to set up. Uh the PK Suban Foundation was so kind to donate a, a signed jersey by the one and only PK Subban. Uh so we'll be auctioning that off to try and raise some funds. So uh thank you so much for for joining and Faduma welcome to the quadcast nation
1: thank you so much quadro and quadcast nation thank you for having me
0: absolutely i am really excited we you and i have had many a chat offline and by the way if anyone has seen her auto uh cbc ottawa uh interview i i was in my car i never told you this but i was in my car and i was just like yeah yeah, you represent, talk about Britannia Woods and the underserved communities and COVID. I was so proud because it, it was a message that wasn't being portrayed enough in the media as far as I was concerned. But mm-hmm. okay, so I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just being a little bit too excited. Let's start with your job. Like, what you, So you're the executive director of Britannia Woods. Tell me about this. What do you see at ground level? How, even like, how did you get in, involved in uh, in Britannia Woods?
1: Um, well, uh, first of all, thank you guys for doing this campaign and shining light on a summer, um, you know it's exciting seeing everything open up, um, but we have to remember everything is slow um, and th- there's a lot of needs that. I um, uh, need to be attended to so thank you for everyone who's participating in this fundraiser really appreciate you all um, so Brittany woods has a special place in my heart it's where I called home for more than 15 years uh, and I'm blessed to be back in my career working uh, here at the community house so the community house is essentially another home in the neighborhood and what we focus on is offering a lot of um, engagement opportunities for children and youth um, after school programming homework clubs um, youth outreach it's a space for the kids for the parents Uh, we work on key issues in the neighborhood as well um and our focus is really to address the unaddressed issues um due to massive issues of poverty in our in our nation right it's, it's a trickle-down effect but our focus is on providing really good programming accessible programming and engaging children and youth um, with opportunities directly in their neighborhood we also do an emergency food bank So we have emergency food available, which has been a priority for us during COVID. Uh, And we serve a lot of people outside of Britannia Woods. Um, And we also do a lot of, we're we're doing a lot more specialized mental health supports for Black and racialized individuals, uh, particularly adapted to the needs that we're seeing in the neighborhood. Um, So we do a lot, um, but that's the nibbleness of community houses. There's 15 of them across the city uh, and they're all found either in or very close to social housing neighborhoods.
0: That is incredible. I know I've, it goes without saying, but just thank you for the work that you do for our youth. I think this is something that, especially in the in light of what's been going on now, is so admirable. So, thank you. Um, one thing I want to get from you is how how the COVID has affected. Not only like I think we've talked about how COVID has hit your community hard, mm-hmm. um, but how has it affected like the school closures and the, the inability for people to have these activities, how's that impacted your community?
1: It, you know, I started during the pandemic, right at the onset. Um, I, I I accepted the job, um, no the job, no. I, I I started, but it was it's been a pandemic ever since. So, the heart of what we do is an open space for children and youth to come in and have a safe place to be. help with homework get help with uh anything that's going on within their lives be a first point of contact um we have a small space and we also rely on school facilities to uh do our programming you know we were seeing up to 60 kids a week uh offering homework help healthy snacks uh, directly in our neighborhood school we weren't able to do that anymore um you know school is one part of a you know a child's social life uh but so is after school programming and We prided ourselves in remaining accessible, available, um, and functioning with very little resources, doing the best that we can. Um, And we have been able to see a lot of, um, um, like engage a lot of kids. So we weren't able to do any of that. And that's been extremely difficult. Um, It's what fills me up in my work. So it's been hard not to have a space for children to come in and just be kids and help them with homework, um, help them with whatever's going on and be that safe place. So they but it's also hitting them extremely hard um, you know, virtual school is a thing that no one was used to. And going into that right away, households were not prepared. I think, you know, I know, Kodro, you talked about that. Quite a lot. A lot of doctors have talked about that. A lot of activists have talked about that. You know, a lot of families were not prepared. And, you know, as we dragged on through the pandemic, um, it's just kind of continued. I think parents are surviving. I think parents are doing what they can, and parents who are also working during this pandemic, who are our frontline workers, live in our communities, um, and they've done everything that they can. I think mean, the kids are very starved for fun spaces, first of all, and then secondly, you know, we're concerned for their mental health, uh, and you know, we're you know, we, I know the Chio uh, has talked about this quite a lot. We're seeing uh, admission rates go up. I'm further concerned about you know, people who don't have access to health uh, care, uh, adequate health care, which is a lot of people who live in social housing um, and who don't have the ability to have you know family doctors that they're talking to on a regular basis. Um, so there's there's a lot of hidden things that I think will come out in, during the our whatever we call the recovery period. Um, and uh, we're also like i'm concerned about the learning loss that uh that has happened Uh, i don't think virtual school is um effective uh for a lot of the children that we serve um and you know i my office i mean the community is directly in the community and i'm out walking around and I know kids who should be in virtual school and they're not in virtual school, but can we blame them? Um, we can't blame them. I think I think kids are uh, really struggling. And our goal this summer though, is to focus on providing as many opportunities as accessible as possible, uh, as fun as possible for them to see their friends, hang out in the neighborhood um, and just have fun and just create as much physical activity, group physical activity opportunities as possible. Um, yeah so 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 there's quite a lot um uh, and then the other part is you know we're 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 limited with the amount of group programming we can offer so what we're thinking about is how to how to how do families continue on and get their own individual um um opportunities for summer activities um
0: wow i mean you know it's one thing for for medical professionals to come on whatever media. Twitter sphere and saying that their concerns, but yeah, you know what's powerful for me anyway for Duma is that you see it like this is your world. You see the kids out, not in that uh, virtual space or not doing their virtual learning. Um, you see the impact it's having on their their mental health and the concerns for their actual education. I, I think um, it's just really important to hear it from somebody that is in it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I speak from what I see of my own kids and my of kids around me, but yeah, this is stuff that you're seeing. And I, I guess this is maybe a comment more than a, a question. It's, I mean, part of the thing that makes it so sad for me is that, and that not having that space where they could all get together or have that kind of, that community environment, like what's your concerns, I guess, that they don't, we have, we're not recreating that that space in that environment where the kids can be themselves and and play and interact with their with uh, their their I want to call them colleagues, but that's not the right word. Their, what's the word? I'm looking for peers. The peer? Thank you, peers. Yeah,
1: peers, yeah. Um, well, like I kind of want to go back because you know, Quadro, and I feel like people have said this before: is our society has always been uh, very bad at addressing the social determinants mm-hmm. of health that's where we should start because we don't have good community spaces. We don't have easily accessible um, community spaces that are, you know, you can have 20 people socially distanced still being around. Um, And that the pandemic has shown that full out. And I've seen the government responses around investing it in community spaces. And, you know, it's too little, too late a little bit to help us kind of manage some of the impacts of the pandemic. But, you know, it's, you know, we rely on on a school facility to see all the kids. Uh, We don't have the space to meet the need of what we're seeing. And the schools, you know, have to follow public health guidelines. You know, they're, that's just the reality of it. They're uh, not able to uh, accommodate us and have after-school programming from an external partner. So there's a lot of small things within our society that know it's a no-brainer that we're in this uh mess so you know i think it would be great to think about as we expand our city as we think about building new neighborhoods like why are we not talking about you know a walkable neighborhood that you can have amenities like like it 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 doesn't make sense and 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 it is unfortunate and um that like i hope we learn these lessons um i am but um, and I know that the, the, uh, there, are, like, there are city uh, uh, responses to this, but it's not fast enough, um, and it is a real detriment. So we didn't have the community spaces available. Like, that's just the reality of it. Um, and I don't know if we are interested in building um, new spaces. I mean, I, I, I think you know, I've talked to you about our our journey for uh, a space, um, and that's something we're heavily focused on. And the pandemic has shown that we really need to step. Uh, step on that um and and just to say you know the school boards have and the ministry of education has still not given direction on agencies being able to use community spaces over the summer mm. um and that's a question that you know we have a lot of agencies are wondering why that is um
0: yeah th- these are very good points and uh, i think that's one thing covid has done is put a lens on where our gaps are in in healthcare and in society and I, I gotta tell you the more the more I'm getting involved in my career, those social determinants of health are everything like having that walkable city having those- uh you know uh community spaces where uh people could stay active they could congregate uh safely at a distance as you mentioned is 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 health not only physical health but mental health it's so important um so what? Mm-hmm. One, thing, um, one thing that I, I'm thinking, for Duma is like, w- you know, we're raising these funds and we want to be able to engage communities like, your, your, like Britannia. Like, w- where do you see the benefit, you know, in terms of getting our kids active or ways we could get our kids active? Where do you, like, the, the, I guess the simple question is, will it be helpful raising funds? Of course,
1: <laughs> of course, it will be helpful. Things things cost money, right? Um, money is the thing that makes our world go around, which is, uh, anyways, unfortunate. But it is what it is. Um, so, what we're doing, uh, and similarly to a lot of other community houses and other um, agencies, is we're we're looking at the guidelines. Uh, the, of what we'll be able to offer. So uh, we know the different phases, we'll have different uh, op- um, opportunities. There is a lack of direction around summer camp from the province um, and what that means. I, I think I think there's been just statements, but no details. So we're monitoring that. So we're going to be heavily focused on outdoor engagement. Um, so, we're just and right now I think our restrictions are eight people or, or ten people can gather as of July 5th, which is when we hope to start our summer uh, activities. Um, you know, but we have we have 778 people living in Britannia Woods. Um, and we also have some families who are not comfortable mixing um or you know, sending their children out. Um, so we're looking at what kind of activities can we do distance, what kind of areas can we use to do programming um, so we'll be purchasing a lot of different uh things as uh, as needed we need increased staff time to be able to offer more uh things in smaller cohorts um so it's just a lot of m- going back and forth we're working with our local partners the boys and girls club is sorry uh bgco is in our area, but they're a bit further out from our neighborhoods. We're exploring how can they be coming in when we're not able to do engagement? You know, how can, like, what can the city do to step up? So there are people meeting about this. Um, Not a lot of funds to go around. Um, So, so anything that's raised by, I think allies and people who are concerned will go to filling the gaps of what we're able to have. And then also, you know, supporting individual families, perhaps who, uh you know want to sign their child up for a specialized something um that i mean that's also um uh, really important mm-hmm. um so i don't know if i answered no, no, the question absolutely. yeah of course no, for them, absolutely needed, yeah. um, some of the things that, you know, we're doing is, you know, because we were in the local school, you know, we don't have a lot of space to, you know, hold all of our basketball, soccer balls, everything. Um, so we were using the, the, the schools were generous enough to lend those to us. But that means we now need to build up those resources uh, ourselves. So we have purchased a few things. We're looking at, you know, purchasing fun outdoor games. Um, we're looking at, you know, admission fees for different things that kids can be able to go to. So there's a lot. There's a lot. We're entering planning mode as of next week.
0: I, I hear you. But what I'm hearing, though, is the funds, either it's to support the staff, equipment, but either way, it's getting kids out of the house, active, giving parents a reprieve, giving kids a time to connect, stay active, get healthy, improve their mental health. This is what it's all about. Exactly. exactly. That's it. Yeah, so I That's honestly, I, I, we're really excited to be doing this fundraiser. Faduma, it's really been a pleasure, and thank you for really mapping out like what it's like, what you're seeing at the ground level, and why initiatives like this matter. So, thank you so much.
1: I really appreciate it. Thank you for creating the platform. Oh, you know. I really enjoy being oh, on there. Absolutely. Thank and, I'm, and thank you to everyone who's who's participating in this.
0: hundred percent. Thank you. And so we'll have links uh, attached uh, below. If you're watching on Facebook, I'll attach them right after we've done this segment. Anyways, Bridges Over Barriers, 5K for 5K. Uh, donate. It's supporting our, our neighborhoods and our kids and our community, helping them stay active. If you want to be part of this initiative, post your 5K initiative, whether whether it's biking, it's swimming, whether it's running, walking, skating. I saw one of our uh, members, uh, Ariel. She was doing some. Uh, <laughs> what was she doing? Uh, like uh, roller skating. Uh, roller skating. Why am I, I? can't think today. Rollerblading. Sorry, rollerblading. Uh, circa rollerblading. N- 1998. Um, it was amazing. But yeah, help us help us change that boogie, guys. This is all about supporting the community. So. Once again, Faduma, thank you so much. And uh, for the rest of y'all, we'll connect again real soon.